Welcome to the Carrie Fuquay and Apex Pediatric Podcast, a space where we help you navigate the complex world of being a parent. Join our community and our host, Dr. Hope Seidel. We're so grateful you're here. Hey, Comedy, how are you? Hi, Hope. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm so super grateful that you're taking what I'm sure is an extremely busy time for you <laughs> to spend <laughs> some time with us and our office on this podcast we're doing. Um, I think I shared with you when we met the other day on the phone that we're trying to relieve our parents around a lot of issues that are coming up for them during this quarantine. And um, I just want everyone to know, and I'm going to link Comedy's website and whatnot onto our uh, information after this event, but Comedy is a life coach. She's a mother of Five, yes, that's five people, five human beings out of her little body. And, um, and um, so I want to talk a little bit first for our patients and um, families in the area who like don't even know what a life coach is, what you do and how um, you support specifically kids um, so they can best understand what context this conversation is coming from. Yes. So um, you're right. I am mom of five. My oldest is 18 and my youngest is six. So I have experience with the, the gamut of ages, if you will. Um, as a life coach, I work with um, teens and adults, but for the purposes of this conversation, I will focus on the teens, um, helping them deal with stress, anxiety, overwhelm that's coming their way as they maneuver through these teenage years. And life coaching is different from therapy in that therapy, what I say is it's more of a diagnosis and we're, we're trying to fix a problem. Life coaching and how I come at what I do is to meet my client where they are and figure out where they want to go. And then my job is to support them and to collaborate with them so that they are figuring out how they want to get there. And then we work on ways to get them there. So for instance, if I have a client who's stressed out about school, we talk about that. But a lot of times that stress from school, there are other areas of their life where they're feeling stressors. And so we really unravel where those are coming from and the different thought patterns and behavior patterns that are attributing to those types of stressors and figure out tools and mechanisms to help relieve that stress so that they can move forward and they don't feel stuck in what they're, where they are. I love that. And my hope is, is that today we can talk about a couple of things um, that maybe parents are unconsciously or consciously can be doing to relieve kids of some of those thoughts and maybe even some of their own thoughts. Yeah. Um, I, I think probably the most common question I'm getting in general is um, how we show up as parents during really any stressful time, but specifically one that none of us really even have experienced before, um, that how we're showing up that is negatively affecting our kids, um, ways in which we can um, notice that pattern in ourselves and stop it. Sorry. <laughs> like, like my, I think I said the yeah. other day, I was talking to someone, um, uh, that, you know, I'm, I'm, when I'm really worked up, my kids aren't getting enough, you know, getting their work done or they're sitting in their rooms too much or are they on social media too much? I have a lot of energy around that that really isn't serving them and, and getting back into patterns of parenting that are just not consistent with how I want to be and show up. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. So I think the first thing that we have to recognize as parents is that we have to practice our own self-care. It really goes back to that concept of if we are running on empty, we have nothing left to really give our children. And in this time of uncertainty, it is really vital. It's vital to practice our own self-care, own self-compassion, recognize how we're feeling as parents, 
because if we don't address our own um, stressors, our own anxieties, inadvertently, we start to project them onto our children. The other thing that ends up happening is if we don't deal with our own emotions, we don't have the ability to give our kids the space that they need right now to deal with those emotions that are happening. And so the very first thing that I would say to parents is start with yourself, really practice that self-care, that self-love, that self-compassion that recognizes what is it that I'm feeling and what do I need? And it's not from a selfish place, it's from a place of taking care of yourself so that then you are able to be in a position to absorb and help your kids and help them deal with what they're, what they're going through as well. So and um, like exactly like some of my parents are like, I, I can't get a manicure. Um, yeah. I am running and it's not helping. Yeah. You know, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm eating, but I'm also eating myself out of house and home. So that <laughs> self-care, like when you say self-care to the average person, what does that look like exactly? Can you clarify that? Yeah. So normally in normal life, you're absolutely right. Self-care could be massage, hair, nails, any of those things. Right now, because we can't do those things, it actually requires us to be proactive and to sit down. And I've given my clients like this list. It's, it's a blank piece of paper and it says list out, you know, 20 ways that you can practice self-care. So when you're in the moment of feeling overwhelmed, you can go to your list. It's not like, oh, now I have to go figure it out. But if I were to say, you know, my ideas of self-care right now, it's to get present, like get present in your moment and not necessarily think it, it what happens right now is especially our, our minds are running constantly, right? We've got work, we've got our kids schooling, we've got the uncertainty of the world. We have no idea if we can go to the grocery store. We have no idea if there's toilet paper. I mean, there's all these things running through our head. And yeah. so right now, self-care really involves getting present in your current moment. So for some people, that means taking a moment by yourself in your bathroom if you need to close the door and get you know quiet, get, breathe, you know, breathe, breathe in for three and out for six. Sometimes that doesn't work for people. Sometimes you have to just get present with your actual senses. You know, take the moment to say, okay, what do I hear in this moment? What do I see? You know, what can I touch? What's, what's the taste of my mouth? Just really go through those five senses because what that does inevitably is it causes your brain to focus on where you are in your present moment and it allows those thoughts to slow down yeah. for a given amount of time so that you don't, it gives you that space. It's almost, and I think I talked to you about this. It's like, um, the snow globe where if you shake it up, all the snow is floating around and it's just kind of, you can't see through the glass. But if you just place that snow globe down on a table for like a minute and allow the snow to settle to the bottom, suddenly you can see through the glass. Our minds are kind of the same way right now. We have to give it that space for those thoughts to settle so that then we can figure out what our next best step forward is. And that's what getting present means. That's what self-care means right now. It's allowing the time, space, and grace for our minds to settle down. I love this so much, right? Because I don't want to be out of touch because this, this, this podcast is going to be something I think that benefits our parents long-term. And I don't want to be out of touch in the sense that not everybody can afford to go out and get a massage. And some of us are working full-time. And I just want to be clear that um, when we're talking about self-care, it may seem totally ridiculous to parents who have five children or who are trying to manage work and school at the same time. And what I'm hearing you say is that self-care can be just a breath. It can just be a moment to recognize kind of where you are in that moment so that you don't start a dialogue with your kids or that you know when you're having a dialogue with your kids that's in conflict that it's coming from your own stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, I, it, truthfully, I, as mom of five and working, I don't, I don't even in normal circumstances go out and ha get a massage. <laughs> My way of practicing self-care and self-compassion is those moments that we take to get present, to um, 
be compassionate to oneself. You know, we're very, we're very kind to other people. We're very harsh on ourselves. And it's to just say, I'm doing the best I can right now. I'm doing the best I can with the information I have and I'm showing up and that's great. And it's celebrating those things. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying self-love and self-care. It's really acknowledging yourself for the fact that you're here. You're here yeah. and you're doing the best that you can. Yeah. Oh, my dog is yelling. Um, so, Hazel. Um, so, okay. So I love that. So showing up for our kids during a really stressful time, is it, is it more about how we self-care and show up for them? Or um, do we also need to be giving them tools? Are we, is modeling it more important or are there things that we could be doing too? Well, I do think that modeling it is huge because integrity is a, a big part of it, right? So how we show up there, if we show up frazzled and not really taking care of ourselves, it's really hard to expect them to think, oh, I should be taking, because they're going to see how we're behaving and how we're showing up. So definitely modeling is a huge part of it. The second aspect of it is we really do have to offer our kids the space, the same thing. We have to offer them and encourage them that whole self-care, right? They have to be able to um, get in touch with what it is that they're feeling, what it is that they need, and then communicate it and give them that safe space to go ahead and communicate those emotions that they're having. I mean, especially right now, yeah. our kids, our young kids and our teens and our young adults have a, a, a range of emotions going on. That and are different every day. Every day and moment by moment. Let's okay. be honest. Like we could be having a perfectly fine morning and by, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon, we've got crazy. You know? <laughs> and it's, and it's that, you know, right now they've almost, they default into put it in a container and don't really discuss it. Don't really talk about it. And we have got to give them the space to, to let out whatever emotions they have, you know, right. let those emotions, whether it's grief, sadness, anger, they have to have their space to rise and crust. I mean, I speak from my own experience. I had to go through that and I'm still going through it. I mean, on a daily basis, there are some mornings I wake up, I'm like, I've got this, we, we are good. And then, you know, anger, frustration kind of takes over and I have to let it do its thing because if I don't, it's just going to keep recycling and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And then I'm not able to process through it and get to the other side of it, which for me personally right now is gratitude. Just being in a state where I can be with my kids and we are healthy and we do have a roof over our heads. So Yes, I love that. And that and that really transitions beautifully into what I really wanted to talk to. Like when you say giving them space, what does that look like? Because a lot of my parents are saying, you know, my typical rules for social media, my typical rules for letting my kids stay in their room all the time are X, Y, and Z. Now I'm like, come be with the family. We're playing games. We're doing stuff together. How do I honor the fact that their self-care might include also their own peace and time together and also making it, providing a space for them to really be uh, um, able to talk about stuff they're going through. And this happens a lot with teens, as you know, right? We always have, we always say to our parents, whenever a teen says they want to talk to you, like everything needs to stop if you can, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. You get your moment again. Right, but right, exactly. Parents aren't sure where to intervene. And of course, it depends on the age of the kid. But can you talk a little bit about what that space would look like and how to honor that? So it's going to be different and unique for every single family. And I think that's part of the, the key here is that we have to recognize that we're each unique and how we're, we are addressing the situation is going to be unique in our families. But I also want to talk to the fact that these are new times, right? Our normal has shifted. And so we have to be willing to shift with it. And so even in our own house, we had certain rules around social media and being on your phone and your electronics. And we've had to adapt and we've had to come up with new rules. And what it really comes down to is communication with the kids, communication of, you know, actually being honest with them and saying, you know, normally under normal circumstances, I recognize that, you know, these are the rules, but I understand right now 
you are socially distancing from your friends because you have to. And we need to understand the difference between social distance and isolation. What we don't want our kids to get into is this feeling of isolation because that's when they feel alone. And it's when you're coming from a place of feeling isolated and alone, it's really difficult to process emotions because yeah. you need to be able to reach out to support or for support. And while parents want to be that for their kids all the time, we have to recognize that they do have a support system built in with those friends that they used to see every day at school. And we have to encourage them to be able to communicate with those people. Um, so I do think that right now families do have to communicate. We have to communicate more. It's almost like over communication is the better part of wisdom. Um, and in terms of them oh, being, say in that again. I love that again. <laughs> over communication right now is the better part of wisdom. Okay. That's good. Okay, go yeah. On. Yeah. Um, and, and when we feel like our kids are in their room longer periods of time, honestly, instead of saying, come out of your room or playing games, maybe the conversation is less, um, I don't want to use the word attacking, but it can come across that way. It, it, the, the, the communication needs to be more around what are you feeling right now and what do you need? Because if we can get our teens to communicate what it is that they need, we'll be able to figure out whether they are self-soothing or whether they're isolating themselves in their rooms because sometimes uh -huh, they really so are self-soothing. And it's so respectful to ask them what they need, right? It's like when we make an assumption, you need to do your work. You need to go take a walk. Like my daughter doesn't need to exercise right now. She doesn't want to do that. And so when I say that, it's so judgmental in a way, like, have you gone out? Have you walked the dog? Have you been in your room all day? All these things probably because I'm sometimes jealous, but also, because, <laughs> you know, everybody, it's all perspective, right? Right, right. But, um, but, um, but for sure, sometimes I come at it in a less curious way and a much more, to, I guess, attacking is probably appropriate. Well, you know, and it's not even attacking. It, you know, you're absolutely right. It's, it's perspective. And so we're projecting. When right. we do that, we have to slow it down and we have to recognize, oh, wow, as parents, are, am I projecting right now? Yeah. And if the answer to that question is yes, then we have to ask ourselves, what's really true in this moment? Yeah. And what's my next best step forward? Yes, yes. And that's where taking that space is self-care, right? That's yeah. what that self-care looks like. Exactly. Am I feeling really irritable and why? Is this about me or about my kid? And usually you can diffuse your own situation in that environment. I had a parent recently asking me for guidance around her three-year-old toddler who was really wrestling with, um, you know, boundaries because they're three and the mom is working and really it's a lot on them. And the truth is, is that... Um, the solution is not in the child. It really is the expectation she has of herself and all the things that are just not in these times, just so ridiculous to expect of one human being. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, that's such a great point. Hope is that we have expectations, right. As parents. And that's part of what we deal with on a normal basis. Yeah. Now things have shifted. And so if we keep those same expectations, we are putting so much undue pressure on ourselves because honestly, there's not a right way to do this. As our leaders keep saying, everything is fluid. Nobody knows the right way to do this. We are all trying our very best to do the best we can. Yes. And it's giving ourselves that, that grace to do that. Yes, no doubt about that. No doubt about that. And the other comment I just want to get your perspective on is just um, to that point regarding happiness, right? So I also am hearing a lot of parents saying, I just want them to be happy, mm -hmm. you know, and for me, and we're going to talk a little bit about this with another one of my, um, one of the psychologists I'm interviewing later regarding pain and loss. So I don't want to necessarily get into a large conversation about allowing our kids to have pain, but in terms of happiness, that curiosity can also be applied to that, right? Because some of our kids are actually, I don't know if this is your experience with all your kids, because you probably have 
tons of different personalities, but I've never seen my teenagers more relaxed than they are now in my office. They're bored, but they're they bored. are relaxed. They, right. They right. are. A lot of them are so relaxed. Are you noticing that too? It's so interesting you said that because um, I was just talking, well, my kids, yes, but then also with some of the girls and guys that I'm working with, um, they do, they're showing up in such a different way. And it's because certain stressors and the, you know, that to-do list and the, I have to be here, here, and here has suddenly disappeared. So they have more of this space to just be themselves and to figure out what it is that they want to work on. Um, but they are bored. <laughs> they're a little bit bored. I will admit to that. But in terms of happiness, um, you know, your point about we want our kids to be happy. And yes, I mean, ultimately as parents, we want our kids to be happy. I think the line that, or when I talk about it, it it's understanding the distinction between contributing to happiness and being responsible for it. And so while right now, the distinction is between being responsible for somebody's happiness or contributing to it. Yeah, I love that. Because when we think that we're responsible for their happiness, we get stuck. You know, it, we, we're in a rut at that point. We have to recognize, and I think this is across the board, you know, even as parents, but even in our own relationships, when we take responsibility for somebody else's emotions, we are actually doing a disservice to them. Each of us is our own person and we get to define happiness for ourselves. We get to define success for ourselves. And as parents, if we can understand that our children don't actually belong to us, they're more, we get to guide them. We get the privilege of being their guide through this and to, and to help them get to this adulthood and so that they can go off and do, do whatever it is that they choose to do. And so in this moment, especially we want to, you know, we see them upset and we just want to get into fix it mode. And what we have to recognize is we can't fix it, but we can support them and we can honor them and we can communicate with them and we can give them the space to try to figure out some of this for themselves while loving them, while full wholeheartedly, unconditionally loving them. I just, just love that. I, I would really love if you're up for it to come back and talk one more time, maybe next week about um, in this space, how to give our kids the tools that they've not been able to practice on how to find their own compass and figure out who they want to be, right? In the absence of all of the things that they told themselves. Can we do that? Because I think Absolutely. that would be so awesome. You are amazing. How can people find you if they want to work with you or find out more about what you do. I know you have um, some blog posts you put up from time to time. I know you speak. Tell me how people can find you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of kind of all over right now, but they can find me on the internet at comedywood.com, K-A-M-I-N-I-W-O-O-D.com. I'm also on Facebook, so they can connect with me there and send me um, a message there. I do answer all of my messages. Um, and like you said, I do have blog posts and I just recently released a book. So you yes, know. forgot about that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm going to link that too. If I can figure out how to do it, I'm still figuring stuff out. That would be awesome. All right, listen, it was a privilege, really. I'm so grateful you spent some time and I know my parents are going to love this talk. So thank you so very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. Be safe. You too. You too. Okay, bye.